Hare Krishna. So we are very fortunate to have His Grace uh, Vrindanath Prabhuji uh, joining us back after a short break with uh, the study of the Srimad Bhagavatam on Everyday Chant Harinam conference call. And Prabhuji, I can see you are there. Are you there Prabhuji on the call? Hare Krishna Mataji. My Dhanat Pranam to you, Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai, Guru Maharaj Ki Jai. We are very fortunate to have you on the call Prabhuji and I uh, hope uh, you had a wonderful trip uh, to Delhi and then you are back safe. And we are very fortunate again to have you here. Hare Krishna. Please take over the call Prabhuji. Okay. Hare Krishna. Thank you Mataji. Hare Krishna. Dhanat Pranam everyone. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai, Guru Maharaj Ki Jai. Thank you for giving me this wonderful opportunity to speak on Srimad Bhagavatam for my own purification. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narottamam Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Tato Jayam Mudhirai Nashta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavate Uttama Shloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtiki So today we are reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 6, Text Number 3. Tathachoktam na kuryatr hi chitsakhyam manasi hi anavasthite Yad vishrambhe vishrambha chirat chiran chakshna chaskanda tapaha eshwaram Translation by Srila Prabhupada All the learned scholars have given their opinion. The mind is by nature very restless and one should not make friends with it. If we place full confidence in the mind, it may cheat us at any moment. Even Lord Shiva became agitated upon seeing the Mohani form of Lord Krishna, and Sobhari Muni also fell down from the mature stage of yogic perfection. Purport by Srila Prabhupada, The first business of one trying to advance in spiritual life is to control the mind and senses. As Sri Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 15.7, Mamevamsho jivaloke jivabhuta sanatana manhasashthani indriyani prakrati sthani karshati Although the living entities are part and parcel of the Supreme Lord and therefore in a transcendental position, they are still suffering in this material world and struggling for existence due to the mind and the senses. To get out of this false struggle for existence and become happy in the material world, one has to control the mind and senses and be detached from material conditions. One should never neglect austerities and penances. One should always perform them. Lord Rishabh, they personally showed us how to do this. In Srimad Bhagavatam 9.19.17, it is specifically stated, Matraha, Swasaraha, Dhuitrava, Na Avivekasana Bhavet, Balwan Indriya Gramo, Vidvamsam Apikarshati, Agrastha, Vanprastha, Sanyasi and Brahmachari should be very careful when associating with women. One is forbidden to sit down in a solitary place even with one's mother, sister or daughter. 
in our krishna consciousness movement it has been very difficult to disassociate ourselves from women in our society especially in the western countries we are therefore sometimes criticized but nonetheless we are trying to give everyone a chance to chant the hare krishna mahamantra and thus advance spiritually if we stick to the principle of chanting the hare krishna mahamantra offenselessly then by the grace of shila haridas thakur we may be saved from the allurement of women however if we are not very strict in chanting the hare krishna mahamantra we may at any time fall victim to women ओमज्ञानतिमिरांधस्यज्ञानांजनशलाकयचक्षुरन्मिलितम्येनातस्मैश्वीगुरवेनमहमुकंकरोतिवाचालंपंगुमलंघायतेहिगिरेयत्कृ
fifth canto, fifth chapter. It starts with the instructions of Lord Rishabdev. And the very important instruction of Rishabdev was he instructed to his son, Nayam Deho Deha Bhaja Andraloke, Tapo Divyam Putraka Yena Satvam. Having attained this human form of life, one should perform austerity. Tapo Divyam Putraka Yena Satvam. So, one should perform austerity. One should not waste the human form of life. And King Rishabdev himself, after instructing his sons, he renounced his kingdom and he goes to the forest to perform austerities. He took kind of a vanipras and sannyas. He lived his life like a, what do you call as a ajgaravritti, not caring for anything, whatever is attained by the will of the Lord, just being satisfied based on that. So King Rishabdev, he performed a lot of austerities and he could have attained a lot of mystic powers, but he did not want to accept all those mystic powers also. So Parikshit Maharaj, who is the main audience of the Srimad Bhagavatam, he is inquiring from Shukadev Goswami. He is saying in the first couple of verses, that's what the descriptions start. So Shukadev Goswami is answering the question of Parikshit Maharaj. Parikshit Maharaj's question was, when somebody is engaged in the process of devotional service, when somebody is engaged in the process of bhakti yoga, by default he attains jnana and vairagya, knowledge and renunciation. And the mystic power are also attained by default. And the such person who is situated in the, on the platform of bhakti yoga, on the platform of jnana and vairagya, he is not disturbed by all this mystic power. So but why in that state also, Rishabdev, he did not want to accept any such thing. So Shukdev Goswami answers the question that giving the example of the hunter, when the hunter catches a animal, he does not trust the animal and does not leave him loose. That okay, now I have caught this animal and he is going to stay under my control. So he does not trust that animal and always keep him under the control. Same way a person who is on the platform of transcendental advancement on the path of spirituality, he does not want to trust his mind at any stage. He does. One should not think that, okay, now I have conquered my mind and it will do as I say. He never trust his mind. So that is this particular verse which we are reading. Because mind is always very restless. All the learned scholars have given their opinion that mind is restless and one should not make friends with it. If we place if we place our confidence in the mind, thinking that mind is my best friend now, whatever my mind say that is right, it can cheat us at any moment. And Prabhupada in the translation quotes couple of examples here example of Lord Shiva how he was agitated by seeing the Mohini form of Lord Krishna and he gave up his years and years of penance tapasya same way Sobri Muni he was performing austerities under the water but seeing the fishes mating his mind got agitated and he started contemplating on that thought and he fell down from his mature stage of yogic perfection. So we'll discuss this 
example of sobri money maybe a little bit in more detail uh, later but to begin with the topic here is the nature of mind how the mind is so turbulent is restless and one should not start thinking mind as one's friend and should not start to consider the dictations of the mind arjuna also says in bhagavad gita um, chapter 6 when lord krishna is describing the process of dhyana yoga how one should perform austerities going to a secluded place sitting down on the asana of kusha grass keeping his body mind and intelligence controlled he should perform austerity in that way and arjuna at that point he says that this process seems to be unpractical because mind is very powerful and arjuna gives particular qualities of the mind how mind is so powerful he gives some prefix to the mind chanchalam hi manah krishna pramathi balam dridam tasyaham nigrahe manne vayureva sudushkaram it's very difficult to control the mind why because mind is chanchala by nature it's flickering pramathi it's agitating balavat is very strong and dridam it's obstinate so these are the four particular qualities of the mind which arjuna describe in bhagavad gita so that is the nature of mind and in the upanishads our state this whole human body is described like a chariot this whole body is like the chariot and the senses this five karmendriya these are like the horses of lords that chariot mind is the rein for those horses and intelligence is the driver and the person the passenger sitting on the chariot is the living entity the soul so we need to use this chariot to cross beyond this ocean of nescience this ocean bhavasagar to attain the ultimate goal of life to go back to the spiritual world to go back to krishna so this body is given to us as a vehicle and these senses are like the horses these senses want to run away in different different direction the eyes want to see something the ears want to hear something the tongue want to taste something nose want to smell something so all these senses they want to run in all different different direction but with the mind we need to control these senses as the reins they control the horses but the rein by itself cannot control there has to be somebody who holds on to those reins because if you leave those reins the horses will drag the chariot to any direction and it will make you fall in the ditch so same way the mind cannot be let loose mind need to be controlled by using intelligence but if our intelligence is not sharp enough if our intelligence is not powerful enough the mind will overpower the intelligence so senses generally in this world what we see how people are controlled by their senses the senses demand 
I want to do this thing, I want to eat this thing, I want to hear this thing, I want to watch this thing. And then they dictate to the mind. But okay, you figure out how you can make arrangement to enjoy in that particular way. So the senses dictate to the mind and then the mind dictate to the intelligence to figure out, to make all the different plans to fulfill that task. So in the actual state, intelligence need to control the mind and mind need to control the senses. But in the perverted state, in our contaminated stage, it happens the other way. The senses control the mind and mind control the intelligence. So in that way, we are going to different, different tasks, doing different things, trying to enjoy in different way in this material world following the dictations of the mind and senses. So chanchalam, mind is flickering. How the mind is flickering? All of us have that experience. The mind is the reservoir of all the thoughts. It keeps going on different, different thoughts. Sometime on the past, sometime on the present, does not want, sometime on the future, does not want to stay in the present. So it's like the pendulum going to the past or going to the future. So there is a lamentation about the past. Oh, why did I do like this? Why did it happen to me like that? Or fear for the future. It's always keep making plan for the future. I should do like this. I shall do like this. Then I will become happy. So mind is always going on various thoughts, past or future. Does not want to stay in one place. That's the flickering nature of the mind. And it keeps contemplating on different, different objects. Sometimes we see something and we start thinking, oh, I should enjoy in that way. Sometimes we are trying to read something of scriptures. Let's say somebody is reading on Veda ways, somebody is watching some devotional video on YouTube and something else pops up. And the mind gets distracted. Oh, maybe let me click on this. Let me watch this thing for a few minutes. Little entertainment. And then if one starts contemplating on that, the mind ultimately drags one to that object and one is consumed in that. And once one starts contemplating on that, then attachment develops. This is also very wonderfully described in Bhagavad Gita, second chapter. How the mind works when it starts contemplating on one sense object dhyato vishyan pumsa sangastesho pajayate sangat sanjayate kama kama krodo bhajayate what happens is when we start contemplating dhyato when we start contemplating keep thinking keep thinking keep thinking about one thing we develop attachment towards that object sangastesho pajayate and when we start developing attachment then there is a desire to attain that object. Right? If you saw some short trailer of something and now you started thinking, oh, I should watch that sometime. And that thought keeps going on and on and on. You started contemplating on that. Then attachment develops. Start making plan. What day, what time I'm going to watch that particular video, that particular movie. So by contemplating that Attachment develops and with the attachment, the desire develops. Sangat sanjayate kama. And kama krodho bijayate. 
when the desire develops, one will try to attain that object. If somebody attain that object, what happens? Is he satisfied? Is he happy? Maybe it will give some temporary happiness, temporary enjoyment, but then the desire further strengthens. Oh, I want to do this thing more. I want to enjoy in this way more. Maybe something else. Maybe something else. So those desires keep developing more and more. And if the desire is fulfilled, but it is not up to the satisfaction, you are hoping, if I do this thing, if I see this thing, I will become happy. But ultimately, it did not led to that happiness. It ended up in frustration. It ended up in disappointment. What happens? It develops into anger. Or if the desire did not get fulfilled also, somebody caused some obstacle in the fulfillment of that desire, that also leads to krodha. So, kama krodho vijayate. Ultimately, that desire, one way or another, lead to anger, lead to frustration. Krodhad bhavati sammoha. And because of anger, one fell into delusion. Sammohat smriti vibhrama. When one fall into illusion, his intelligence, his memory is lost actually. Samriti. Samriti means memories. Because our intelligence is based on our memories, some bad and good experiences. When all those memories are lost, Samriti Bhamashad Buddhinasho, our intelligence is lost. So Krodha leads to illusion. Illusion causes forgetfulness of all the memories. And loss of memory leads to loss of intelligence. Buddhi nashat pranashyati. And because of loss of intelligence, one falls down in this pool of suffering. So that is the cycle of fall down, which is described in Bhagavad Gita. And how it starts? When the mind starts contemplating on different thoughts. So our mind by default, by nature, is very flickering. It keeps proposing different, different thought of enjoyment, different, different thought. And agitating, second quality which Arjuna is mentioning is agitating. Mind is very agitating, pramati. How the mind is agitating? Again, it keeps agitating us by various thoughts. Sometimes it gives us the thought, giving us superiority complex. It gives us the thought which make one proud, proud of one's own activities. Sometimes the mind may start proposing to you, see, you are so wonderful, you are so great. Is there anybody compared to you? Is there anybody equal to you? You are such a good speaker. Or oh, you are such a good pujari. Or oh, you are such a good cook. So it keeps giving these various thoughts which can lead to superiority complex, which can lead to development of pride in the heart. And because of that, one end up committing lot of offenses. So mind is always agitating, either in a positive way or in a negative way. Sometimes it gives superiority complex over others, sometimes it gives inferiority complex. Mind consumes us into negative thoughts. Sometimes people start thinking, oh, I am such a useless person. I am worthless person. All other people are so wonderful. They are so better than me. I am useless. I am rest. So, it starts giving these negative thoughts, this inferiority complex, which is also not good. So mind is agitating in so many different ways, always bombarding with various thoughts, 
and then dhadam obstinate mind is obstinate like a child once it start getting into some thoughts it is agitating to such an extent it want to fulfill its whims like a child when the child goes to the store sometime with the parents and they see some toy on the shelf they are so agitated and they start all sort of tantrums i want to get that toy i want to get that toy they fall on the floor throwing their arms and legs on the floor and crying like anything so obstinate the mind is also like that mind is obstinate like a child or mind is compared like a monkey right as the monkey keep jumping from one branch to another branch does not stay quiet monkey is very restless that is the nature of the mind mind is very restless even though when we start progressing in spiritual life when we have started controlling our mind by the practice of mantra meditation by the knowledge of scripture still we cannot put faith in the mind that is the nature because mind is so restless it's so obstinate monkey generally how they catch the monkey if anybody has heard how the hunter catches the monkey they will put a kind of a tall container with a very narrow mouth of that container and they fill that container with chickpea chana so the container top the mouth is big enough the monkey can put his hand inside because monkey is attracted to that chickpea he want to grab that chickpea but monkey is very greedy also so now the monkey put his hand inside that container he fills his hand with that chickpea now the hand is closed the fist is closed and when the monkey try to bring that fist out it does not come through the opening of that container that bottle and monkey does not want to leave the chickpea out of greed and in the meantime as he is trying to take his hand out the hunter comes and catches the monkey so our mind is also obstinate like that it just keep going on these various thought oh this person has hurt me this person has bothered me by this behavior or that thing so mind is always keep going about all those thoughts sometimes the thought of superiority complex sometimes the thoughts of inferiority complex all these negative thoughts so it keep holding us into that grab so that's why the scripture says we should not listen to the whims of the mind better we should sharpen our intelligence through the eyes of scripture shastra chakshu rather than looking through the eyes of the mind we need to look through the eyes of scripture sharpen our intelligence enough that we can understand what mind is proposing is this the right thing or wrong thing so i should not listen to the mind and i should do what is the instruction of the scripture what is the instruction of the other advanced devotees the other senior devotees and one more important point is because mind keep proposing us all these various thoughts sometimes the mind is in a such a agitated state one should never make any decisions 
when the mind is in an agitated stage. Because once the mind is agitated, it will propose all sort of negative things. And if we make the decision in that agitated state of mind, it will end up into more misery and more problem. That's what the state of world is right now. Why people commit suicide, why people leave relationship, break relationship. All those things are because of making decision when the mind is in agitated stage. So what do we do when the mind is agitated? How to make decision? So the scriptures say when mind is agitated, one should not listen to the mind thinking mind as his best friend. Rather, one should try to take guidance from somebody else who is outside of that situation. Just for an example, if the mind is agitated because of relationship problem with somebody, either in the family members or in the devotee circle, if somebody is agitated because of some this relationship issues, whom to listen, how to resolve that conflict, how to solve that problem. So in that sense, definitely one should not listen to one's own mind. Because in that same state of consciousness, which has led us to that problem, how we can try to come out of that problem with the same state of consciousness. Then whom to listen? One should listen to somebody, take guidance of somebody who is outside of that situation. Somebody who is completely unbiased. So take guidance from that person, what to be done in that state. So otherwise we'll fall in trap of mind and commit further problems, further offenses. As Prabhupada is quoting the example of Shabri Muni here. So this, if some devotees are not familiar with that story, I will uh, briefly mention about that story. Actually, this whole detailed pastime comes in the ninth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the pastime of Shabri Muni. Shabri Muni, he was a great mystic. He was performing austerities, living under the water. Like if we have to go under the water, these days how people will go with all those, um, what, you, what they call as different ships which can go under the water and stay in that state for a long time. So Shabri Muni was living under the water and performing austerities. For thousands of years he performed austerities. His whole body was wrinkled because we have experienced, right? If you put your hand in water for long enough, even 5, 10, 15 minutes, you start getting those wrinkling in your hands on the skin. So just consider the state of Shabri Muni, how his body was completely wrinkled up because of living under the waters for so long. But once, even though he had performed austerity for such a long time, once he saw two fish mating. And Shabri Muni's mind became agitated seeing the fish mating. And his mind was agitated to such an extent, he started contemplating on that activity, kept contemplating, 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 and he developed the desire to also engage in that activity. It again going back to the verse of Bhagavad Gita, Dhyayato Vishayan Pumsaha Sangha Pajayate Sangha Kama Because he started contemplating on that scene which he had seen 
he started thinking to enjoy in that way so he came out of the water giving up his austerities he went to the palace of the king king mandhata so at that time there was a king mandhata ruling that area and king mandhata had 50 daughters so shabrimuni went to the king asking the king to give his daughter in charity to the sage marry his daughter to the sage and seeing the situation of sobri muni that he is in such a old stage and his body is so depleted how his daughter will accept him but he did not want to say no directly thinking fearing the anger of the sage that if i disobey the sage he will be angered and he could curse so he did not want to dis- uh, he did not want to anger the sage did not want to disobey so he told the sage you can go meet my daughters propose to my daughters and whichever daughter is willing to marry you i will happily give my daughter to you in wedding so sobri muni he also realized that his stage his body in such a weak and feeble state his body is so old and wrinkled and those young girls may not be happy seeing that stage so he with his mystic power he transformed himself into a young handsome beautiful young man and in that stage he went in, inside the chambers of those girls and seeing that young beautiful man all the girls were attracted and they started fighting that this person is for me only this is he is for me only i want to marry him i want to marry him and ultimately they ended up all the 50 daughters of mandhata ended up marrying sobri muni so he with his again mystic power he created big palace with so many rooms and gardens and all those opulences nice ornaments clothing everything and he enjoyed with those girls accepting them as his wives so the overall point was because the mind was not under control he gave to the whims of the mind he started contemplating on the object of senses he fell down from the process of his austerities and again entered into this material sense enjoyment but later on of course he realized his mistake and he again left everything and went so the point here is the mind is very restless one should never trust the mind no matter how much we have advanced in spirituality how much we have advanced in transcendental so the another point why the mind is causing so much problem why the mind is restless is sometimes because of our offenses also why all these negative thought all these different thought of materialism the sense enjoyment again start coming once one has started progressing in spiritual life why the mind is again and again troubling in that way is because the root cause is offenses created in the process of spiritual practice and this is the case of shabri muni also it's not that shabri muni fell down from the process on its own actually it was the result of vaishnava aparad so vishwana chakravarti thakur he gives the commentary on the past time of shabri muni going further back in the detail of one other event which has happened 
because shabri muni shabri muni has created an offense towards garuda garuda is a great vaishnava he is the carrier of lord vishnu and shabri muni has offended garuda and because of that vaishnava aprad because of that offense that was the ultimate root cause of his fall down from his austerities what has happened was as shabri muni was residing under the waters he was seeing fishes all around and he started developing attachment towards those fishes so he started like a organization fish protection organization he developed so much attachment and once garuda came there now garuda because of his that eagle body fishes are his natural food so he came to get his food to get some fishes and shabri muni because he developed that attachment towards the fishes he said oh you are causing harm to the fishes and he criticized garuda he blasphemed garuda and drove him away from that without taking his food because he offended garuda at that time that was the vaishnava prad which shabri muni had created and that vaishnava prad led to the fall down of shabri muni the agitation of mind all these different thoughts for material enjoyment sense enjoyment so in our spiritual practice also we should take lesson from this past time we should be very careful in our spiritual practice not to make friends with the mind and be very careful in guarding against the vaishnava aparad because vaishnava aparad especially the, the when we recite the 10 offenses to the holy name the first offense is satamaninda criticizing the devotees offending the devotees of the lord because that particular offense is considered as a mad elephant offense when we practice spirituality we are cultivating this bhakti lata so we need to protect that garden of bhakti lata by fencing it nicely against those offenses but if there is a nice garden and a mad elephant enters into that garden the elephant is not going to care for those creepers care for those plants he is just going to trash everything he is going to destroy everything so the same way the vaishnava aparad offenses towards the devotees is like the mad elephant offense which can destroy our bhakti lata it can destroy our creeper of bhakti as it happened in the case of sobri muni so we should be also very careful not to offend the vaishnavas not to make friends with the mind not to get into the whims of the mind what mind is proposing because sometimes we commit vaishnava aparad by getting into the traps of mind thinking ourselves superior thinking ourselves oh, i have become very advanced somebody has started practicing devotion service taking guidance from somebody now in few years he had made some progress he has taken initiation maybe second initiation serving the deities everything now this person is start thinking see i have also progressed so much i am equal to that person now what is the difference in me and him and he start thinking like that and start to make offenses towards other vaishnavas thinking himself more advanced more superior to them so either through superiority complex or 
one should not even listen to the mind's whims going towards those negative thoughts thinking oneself as a useless as a worthless person so in either way one should not listen to the whims of the mind so this is a very wonderful and instructive verse which talk about the nature of the mind and how the transcendentalist should be very careful in guarding against the various thoughts which are proposed by the mind because mind by nature is very restless we should never place confidence in the mind it's like the when we start practicing in spiritual life we start to control our mind and the best way to control the mind is by the practice of chanting of the holy name so when we practice the chanting of holy name we start to pacify our mind the mind may go in a kind of a sleeping stage but one should never think that oh mind has given up all his turbulent nature it is sleeping state it can wake up at any time it's not dead yet it is in a sleeping state like a lion if the person goes to the forest and he see a lion the lion may be sleeping and if the person by mistake think the lion to be dead and he goes too close to the lion and start pin pricking into the lion pinching into the lion to check if the lion is really sleeping or dead what will happen the lion is in a sleeping stage not in a dead stage so same way our mind is when we start to control the mind with the practice of spiritual life yes it start to become little pacified it's in a sleeping stage but mind can wake up and can drag us again into those materialistic activities so one should be very careful not to listen to the whims of the mind and the best practice as it's described in this purport also and everywhere shri prabhupad mentions the best process to control the mind is by the chanting of the holy name mantra the meaning of mantra is manatrayate iti mantra the sound vibration which can deliver the mind that is mantra so mantra meditation means when we focus on that sound vibration it can pacify the mind it can help us control that mind and bring us on the right track we cannot control the mind by any other process even though we say there are nine processes of devotional service shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam pada sevanam archanam vandanam dasyam satyam atmanivedanam mind can be controlled by shravanam and kirtanam and smaranam if we keep hearing the instructions of the scripture if we keep chanting the holy name and remember the lord then the mind can be controlled if one think while engaging in dt service by that process i will control the mind by the process of archana mandram those processes one can do once the mind is little under control because if we are our mind is agitated mind is going here and there on all these various thoughts in those processes we will end up committing so many offenses offenses towards the chavigraha offenses towards the lord offenses towards the devotees so many different ways the example to understand this is see when there is a death in the family 
all other processes are stopped like one is not offering the lamp one is not performing the deity worship but the chanting of the holy name hearing reading of the scripture must still go on that process should not be given up because that process will help pacify the mind but it's in the agitated state of mind one cannot perform all other devotional activities so shravanam kirtanam smaranam those are the most elevating processes to control the mind that's why chanting of the holy name is recommended as the best 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 process to control the mind and bring under our spiritual practice the chanting of name as shri prabhupada recommends harer naam harer naam harer naam eva kevalam kalau nasteva 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 gatir anyatha there is no other way there is no other way there is no other way in this kaliyuga than the chanting of the holy name chanting of the holy name chanting of the holy name and chaitanya mahaprabhu also stressed mainly on the process of chanting because chanting is the yoga dharma which can help deliver this mind if we see the progression of the scriptures bhagavad gita shrimad bhagavatam chaitanya charitamrita how it progresses where bhagavad gita ends shrimad bhagavatam starts bhagavad gita ends at sarv dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam vraja krishna says just give up all variety of religion surrender unto me so that's where the bhagavad gita ends and shrimad bhagavatam starts where bhagavad gita ends because where does bhagavatam start how to surrender how to take shelter of the lord so bhagavatam talk about all these various processes first of all giving up all the cheating dharma dharma prachita ketvatra parmo nirmatsaranam satam by giving up all the cheating religion taking shelter of the supreme lord and how to take shelter bhagavatam describe the past time of so many wonderful devotees dhruva maharaj prahlad maharaj ambrish maharaj so many wonderful devotees how they took shelter of the lord and following in their footstep following in their footstep we can also take shelter of the supreme lord so it gives us inspiration it gives us set an example for us and where does bhagavatam ends shrimad bhagavatam ends with glorification of the yuga dharma the sankirtan movement so the 12th canto 13th chapter 13th verse 23rd verse which is the conclusion of shrimad bhagavatam nama sankirtanam yasya sarva pap pranashanam pranamo dukha shamanastvam navami hari param i offer my obeisances to the supreme lord hari the congregational chanting of whose holy name destroy all sinful reaction naam sankirtanam yasya sarva pap pranashanam so that is where shrimad bhagavatam ends by the glorification of the chanting of the holy name and where bhagavatam ends that's where chaitanya charitamrita starts because chaitanya charitamrita is speaking about the glories of the holy name the congregational chanting chaitanya mahaprabhu stressed on the chanting of the holy name जारे दाखो ताहे कहो कृष्ण उपदेश मोरी आज्ञा गुरु होया तारो ही देश वेर एवर यू 
go whomever you meet speak about krishna tell them to chant the holy name of krishna so chaitanya mahaprabhu he appear to give this yuga dharma the congregational chanting of the holy name because the chanting of the holy name is the only means to deliver us from this materialistic sinful condition of life hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 ram hare ram 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 hare hare so we should with full heart full faith full determination take to this process and make our life successful so i will stop here ग्रंथ्रीमद्भागवत की जीलपूपाद की जनंतकोटिवैष्णवृंद की जफ एनीबडी हेज एनी कमेंट्स समबडी वी लाइक टू ऐड समथिंग समबडी हेज एनी क्वेश्चन प्लीज फील फ्री टू आस्क फील फ्री टू शेयर हरे कृष्णा प्रभु जी मैं दरअसल प्रणाम टू यू शिव प्रपात की जय गुरु महाराज की जय थैंक यू सो मच फॉर द वंडरफुल क्लास एंड प्रभु जी लाइक यू नो वी आल्सो रेड इन द भगवत गीता राइट दैट आवर माइंड कैन बी आवर एनिमी एंड आवर फ्रेंड द सेम टाइम राइट यस प्रभु जी आई एम राइट राइट Okay. Yes, yes. And in sixth all... chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says the one who has controlled the mind, win over the mind, he can be the best friend. But if the mind remains uncontrolled, it's the worst enemy. Yes, Prabhu ji. Now, Prabhu ji, it's very hard to understand that in a way we feel that the enemy is living in inside of us. Hmm. Because if we are saying that a mind is an enemy, uh, can be an enemy. so you know like uh, somehow my uh, my system doesn't want to accept this fact because uh, you know it's like kind of a scary uh, situation and now at the same time we know that there are four uh, issues here like you know birth death old age disease right mm-hmm. and then also three things are there like i not able to say the sanskrit adi bhautik and adi you know the uh, the problem that we create with our own mind and uh, you know then there is other living entities causing problem and then there is the hurricanes and all that comes you know these uh, things are there like all of them right mm-hmm. now also in the bhagavad gita it says that mind is our sixth sense sixth uh, sense you know so innovate is very important because without our uh, senses uh, we cannot really uh, perceive the world mm. so in the sense uh, my question is like for me it is very hard to understand that uh, mind can be an enemy and uh, if there is uh, some other example that you can give which can leave an impact you know i mean uh, definitely we read about uh, lord shiva and how they got uh, this thing you know uh, uh, that is okay that is like natural right in the sense that you know uh, it's like a male and female thing you know mm. how he got attracted to the me- uh, uh, male and female and that is completely natural like you know i mean uh, for a male to get attracted to female and ma- female to male like both the examples which are given in the translation but uh, you know like how is there any specific example how we can say that you know it becomes the enemy in the mind it's so difficult to understand that i mean uh, if you can explain little bit more which can have a heavier impact at least for myself uh, then i'll be very careful that 
you know, in my um, like thought process of thinking, willing and feeling, you know, mm-hmm. I just, uh, if, I'm, if I'm thinking of something, then I kind of stop the thought there. Because, you know, they say, you know, like our thought becomes our action, action becomes words, and there's, a, there's this pro of the here also so many times. Everything mm-hmm. starts with the thought. Like a husband and wife think of conceiving a child, you know, so then mm-hmm. they say, okay, fine, we're going to have a, uh, like, uh, we'll go through gar- Garbhadhan, Sanskar, if they're devotees. And then they just, uh, you know, they conceive a child. It all starts with a thought uh, mm-hmm. from both, uh, mutually from, uh, you know, the father and mother. <coughs> thought is so important in a way. But then uh, how do we understand that, like, you know, we can uh, really be very, very watchful of all our thoughts because that particular thought, uh, which is coming from the mind, can become an enemy. You know, like that particular, it can create a blunderous situation for us. Mm-hmm. So if you can stress a little bit more, I know it was a wonderful class, but I just needed more input on this. Sorry, Prabhuji, maybe I didn't hear also very properly. So thank Thank you, you, Hare Krishna. So basically, if we see since morning to evening, our mind proposes so many different thoughts, right, as we get up in the morning, or we plan to get up at a particular time, and mind may be having different proposals. Like how many people get that kind of uh, thoughts. So you put alarm clock at 4 o'clock. In the morning as the alarm rings, the thought comes, oh, maybe let me take another 10-minute rest. Right? I slept a little late, so another 15 minutes. What is the harm? I can still get up on time and still do my other activities on time. So mind start to propose from the very morning till evening, it keep going through various thoughts. And how we should check the mind or think or kind of analyze the mind if the mind, what mind is proposing is the right thing or wrong thing is once we are equipped with right intelligence, which is equipped with right knowledge, right intelligence proportionate to spiritual knowledge. So if our intelligence is equipped with spiritual knowledge, then we can analyze every thought of the mind, whatever mind is proposing, is this the right thing or wrong thing? For example, for somebody, if the thought is coming, as you give the example, somebody has a thought, as a husband, wife, they want to conceive a child. Or, other way, there may be a couple who have this thought, we don't want to conceive a child, or if we conceive a child, the child life will become so busy, our spiritual activities will suffer, this, that. So in both situations, they need to understand what mind is proposing. Is this the right thing or wrong thing? And from where we should take guidance to come to a conclusion. So in both situations, right? In both situations, we should consult somebody to confirm, is this proposal of the mind, if we comply with that, is that the right decision or wrong decision? As a simple example, I will give another simple example. For example, the mind starts to propose a thought that uh, you should buy a Lexus for whatever luxury car somebody thinks of. So if mind proposes, oh, you should buy that luxury car. Once you have the luxury car, see when some Maharaj come, 
you can have a very wonderful nice ride for him you can take him to the temple or you can drive this car to the temple to go to your service mind may propose all this in a very wonderful way he can mind can give a very nice packaging to all that thing to fulfill your this various desires right proposes all these various desires so when this thought start to come now one need to analyze so oh, is this really the right thing to do do i really need that particular car do i really need that car right now so one need to analyze with the right intelligence under the light of scripture under the light of spiritual knowledge or maybe by consulting with others because our intelligence may not be strong enough so in every situation rather than going through the whims of the mind we should take guidance from the superior authorities and the another big rule is delay it for some time don't act on the proposals of mind immediately delay it for some time if mind says okay you should go meet that particular person or go to the party or go to the movie or something right or proposing to buy something so delay it for some time because when we delay then you start to buy more time to analyze do i really need that do i really need to do this and some most of the time when we delay lot so many things will be removed because oh it's really not needed mind is proposing this but i really not do not need this so the rule of thumb is don't act on the whims of mind immediately delay it give a proper thought about it by using the right intelligence second is take guidance from some other superior authorities should i really act on this Should I really make that decision? As I said in the class earlier, especially when the mind is agitated, we should never make a decision under the agitated mind. Those decisions will really put us into bigger problem, into a bigger misery. So these are some simple tips. Of course, our mind will propose itself to be our best friend. So whatever I am proposing is for your benefit. whatever i'm proposing is for your enjoyment for your happiness mind will pose itself as a best friend but we should never trust the mind and always think the mind to be our worst enemy even though we are in the process of spiritual practice still we should think i am not at a stage yes krishna says somebody who has won over the mind mind is the best friend but uncontrolled mind is the worst enemy so we should always think yes my mind is uncontrolled i have not been over the mind so my mind is my enemy i should not trust my mind i should not fall in trap of the mind is that answer your question mataji little bit more uh, yes prabhu ji definitely all words spoken by you very nicely so prabhu ji when we say that we are not the body right we can also say we are not the mind yeah of course we are not the mind yes yes what else are we not <laughs> we are not our intelligence also <laughs> okay 
because the body body there is a gross body and subtle body but we are beyond the gross body and beyond the subtle body gross body is this earth water fire air ether all these uh, different senses made up of material elements so that is the gross body we are not this body and again the uh, beyond gross body there is subtle body mind intelligence false ego we are not the mind or the intelligence or the false ego so we are somebody who is carrying those things so we are not our mind or we are not our thoughts anybody will like to add anything further on this one please please take that thank you prabhu ji and prabhu ji one more thing related to intelligence like you know when a person is very intelligent the person is a topper doing very well and then he grows up and has a lot of degree you know things like that so now that intelligent mind which is very very intelligent always been a topper uh, you know always has uh, been you know like uh, doing well and if that person dies and his next life what is the situation of his intelligence so in the next life the situation depends on the consciousness at the time of death even though somebody may have uh, big big degrees in this life next life he can be any particular species of life it could be a jadavastu also a tree also where it does not have even enough thinking so it depends at the level of consciousness how one has utilized his intelligence that material intelligence material qualification so somebody is very intelligent in enjoying right he can make big big plan to enjoy so but with all that intelligence with that enjoyment propensity if he has acted like a animal just enjoying 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 basically in his next life he will be in that state of consciousness in in that particular form of life so somebody having a big big mbas and phds doesn't matter if in next life also he will be given that same intelligence same facility Yes, Prabhuji. Thank you so much. Just some basic questions. Um, if others have question and comments for Prabhuji, please go on. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Can you can you hear me? Yes, Hare Krishna. Yes, I can hear you. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. You give a very nice lecture, and uh, I learned so much. Prabhuji, I have a question that uh, uh, mind the control the senses and mind is under control. We uh, act mind acts for intelligence. So uh, how the uh, uh, mind uh, how we can know that uh, mind is control mind is control with devotional service gradually on the path of Krishna consciousness. right so how so your question is how do we know if the mind yes. is controlled mhm in the devotional service so basically yes. when we 
take the direction as per guru sadhu shastra that is the check and balance right so if if we act as per the instruction of guru sadhu shastra if our mind is agreeing to act in that way then we should understand yes mind is getting controlled but if mind want to keep proposing against guru sadhu shastra then it's not controlled so what are the instructions of the scripture what are the instruction of other advanced devotees of guru if we are complying with that if our mind is complying with that then our mind is getting controlled and engaging in devotional service based on that but if our mind want to run away and want to do something against those principles it means it's not controlled so scripture say follow the sattvic way of life right in the mode of goodness one should eat in this way one should act in this way and if we are engaging in that way if our we are happily peacefully engaging in that way without any agitation then our mind is complying so it's getting controlled but if mind always want to run away from those and want to do its own thing want to keep proposing no no there is no need to do like this you just follow this or if this all extreme mentioned in the scripture you, you don't need to follow this if mind is always keep proposing us all these various thought and want to act us against those principle it means it's not controlled so how much it is cooperating to follow the instructions of guru sadhu shastra to that degree mind is getting controlled hari krishna prabhu thank you hari krishna anybody else has any comment or question Hare Krishna Prabhuji Tanjasamon Hare Krishna Mataji Mataji Glory to Shri Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj very nice class Prabhuji you always explain so systematically that we understand the point that mind is our friend and also our enemy so thank you so much for wonderful references and nice explanation of Sabri Muni and Lord Shiva Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Mataji thank you very much for your kind words you are always encouraging and inspiring me okay so if no other questions uh, we can end it here Yes Prabhu ji we can end the call Prabhu ji one I wanted to ask you you went to India right for some time Yes so um, like in comparison if we see that you know uh, I'm, like we have to continue chanting everywhere follow our regulations and whatever reading and whatever hearing we are doing mm-hmm. so when uh, when you go to India and you kind of uh, do your practices and when you come back here 
is there a difference uh, or should we look for a difference in the way we do our devotional service bhakti is it easier and that's one thing i want to ask you and also because you know the location changes right there it's a little bit different from here and also often some devotees ask and i was just asking you specifically whether it is easier to follow a devotional service here or in india <coughs> so that's a good question actually many devotees ask this question or they feel that oh, when we are here we are able to practice our spiritual daily practices but when we go there it becomes very difficult so it depends on person to person and what kind of engagement we have so for a devotee um if somebody is living here and practicing somebody is living permanently in india and practicing it does not make a difference because it becomes a part of their life but somebody just going temporarily for short duration of time visiting there's a big difference in our activities right somebody is going there for 2 3 weeks as a vacation time to meet all the family and friends and you have so many different things going on so it's not your normal routine so that's why people feel um, little challenging to continue with their same level of practices when they go there for short time but if somebody is living there in india for them it's a regular life it's a regular uh, routine life and for them also it's not a problem so i met uh, so many devotees there who are doing very nicely all their same regular devotional activities morning chanting morning their deity services then doing their uh, professional activities again in the evening doing their reading and all that so somebody living there and practicing for them also it's a normal routine normal way of life but when we go there for a short duration of time we feel a big difference because our normal routine is not the same we have gone there for a different way maybe as a vacation or meeting so many different friends and family so that's why it become little difficult but otherwise place does not matter wherever we are living it same becomes the same routine because if you are living there for long time right then it's not that you are every day meeting so many different people so then there also you are doing same your normal routine life so in my opinion it it does not make a difference if uh, practicing here is easier or practicing there is easier but actually practicing there uh, there you have opportunity to go to holy places so often here we will go to holy places once in a while when we visit india but there you have more opportunity to visit holy places on special occasions like kartik month or other festival times so it becomes more conducive actually so again it will come down to the mind mind will propose different different thoughts and different things uh we have to listen to the sharpened intelligence not to the whims of the mind because that is also the proposal of mind right when we go there for shorter duration mind is proposing these various thoughts are hey abhi to tum chutti pe aaye ho you have come on vacation just take it easy relax if you don't do reading listening or if you cut down on your chanting that's okay you go back and then you again catch up with your things 
so here just enjoy meet family and friends spend time with them so that's also mind's proposals right mind is trying to bewilder us thank you prabhuji thank you for sharing i like that point you said that uh, uh you know it's the same thing i mean you know it's there or here but uh, we just have to continue our sadhana so it's like such a thing we have in hand that uh, because of the chanting of the holy name you know we should not let much distractions come in our life so chanting is the main thing like some of the guru maharajs say 99% of our devotional service is chanting yes so you know if that was not there then yeah i don't know how what would have happened <laughs> so i'm giving all credits to your answer and to the chanting of the holy name thank you prabhu ji thank you mataji anyone has any last minute question comments otherwise we can end the call end the call by prayer वाचा कल्पतृभ्य कृपा सिंधु देव पति पावेभ्यो वैष्णुदेव नमो नम अनंदकोटिवैश्यवृंद की जय